our time, please. We'll be sitting for a while, so give you an opportunity to stretch. Ron and Sally Ashik, a small group that they're hosting in their home during the week, and they're studying the workings of the Holy Spirit. And uh, last week, there was a word that the Lord laid upon Sally's heart to share, and it has a wider impact than their small group. I believe it's for our church as a body. Let me share it with you. Did I not bring the Israelites out of the wilderness? I, too, can bring you out of the wilderness thinking, because I am who I am. Do not be afraid to use my gifts that I have given you to edify the church and glorify me. Just trust me, and I will direct and show you my power through the gifts. You have been given many truths. These truths are life to the soul and to the spirit. Yes, some of you will be taking baby steps, but that's okay for you need to learn and be aware of my still small voice. Bask in my presence, love others, be obedient, and I will show you things in the spiritual realm that will bring others into my saving grace because I am the great I am. Thank you, Lord, this morning for the many, many ways the Holy Spirit chooses to move. He inspires, he, he gives words to people that, to edify one another. And you said, use the gifts in the church. Use the gifts in the church to build up the church because you want the church motivated. You want the church to know that they can do the exceptional. You want the church to know that Jesus Christ, you're alive and you, you, want, you reign supreme and you want to move through them. So we invite the Holy Spirit to continue to move through this service. Speak as I tried my very, very best to be a vessel that you can flow through. But I recognize that if I don't have your Holy Spirit, I don't have anything to say. I need you, Lord, this morning. Amen. You may be seated. Hard to believe this is message number five. It seems like we just got started in looking at pictures of the Holy Spirit. And so far we've looked at oil and fire as pictures of the Holy Spirit. And in putting this message together this week, there's many different things going through my mind. And, and, uh, but one of the things was this, as I con- thought about last Sunday morning service and what was in my heart to try and convey to you what I wished and what I wanted to take place was three things. Number one was this, was that it brought clarity. As we spoke about the gift of the Holy Spirit, that that Jesus said, I'll go, but I'm sending him to you. He wasn't just sending it to the disciples. He wasn't just sending it to those in the upper room, but he said, it's to you, your children, all those that are far off today. And so I prayed, first of all, that it brought clarity. It's a present day experience. What took place on Sunday, June the 5th, 29 A.D. is still a March 25, 2012 A.D. experience. Amen. Still, we need to ask. We still need to ask for the Holy Spirit and still he will fill to overflowing to those who desire it. He said, I'll send him to you. It's not complicated It is not confusing. It is not difficult. It's not meant to be a drawn-out process. I prayed for clarity. Secondly, I prayed that it brought understanding. We need to know why we should have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's not, if we don't know why, we're not going to want it. But Jesus said, when I send him to you, he's going to come upon you, be like flames of fire, as it said in Acts chapter 2. But he said, you're going to receive power. You're going to receive power. There's the purpose. You need everyone here this morning needs power. I need power. If I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, I can't effectively pastor this church. I can't effectively be a good Christian. I can't effectively be the kind of 
person God wants me to be. I need power to live out the Christian life. If God says, I'm going to give you power, let's go for it. So he said, I'll give you power to serve me. I'll give you power to witness for me. I'll give you power to overcome pains and difficulties in life. Someone uh, emailed me last week and they said, that they were trying to, many years ago, understand the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And when they were infilled with the Holy Spirit, they had power to get through those difficult circumstances of life. And God says, you need the Holy Spirit because he will power you up. So I prayed for understanding thoroughly. I prayed for encouragement. I prayed that, that we would pursue with passion. Keep on being hungry. Keep on being thirsty for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Keep on asking God to fill you with his fire. That it will not just be a one-time event that you can just signal to others, I got it. We don't have anything if you don't have it refilled because fires go down. Fires need fuel. You need fuel. We need fuel. We've got to be looking up to God all the time and saying, our vessels are empty. God, fill us. So that's kind of from last week as I want to present you this morning. I'm praying that that took place. Pictures are captivating. Pictures bring great understanding. I've got a great picture. That I want to share with you. This is so simple, isn't it? What a picture. The tomorrow, the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair begins. And I'm excited because maybe there's lots of reasons for people to be excited. But the most exciting thing for me is because I once again can envision the body of Christ coming together to witness for the Lord Jesus Christ at the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair. Coming from all over the place. Descending in one spot, there are people that do not know yet that they have a divine appointment with God. They're coming to maybe see some show. They're going to walk by and say, free stick. I'll take anything for nothing. Give me a free stick. Ah, oh, but we'll share with you the good news of Jesus. Here's the picture. It could never be so simple. Picture the story of the beads, what they represent. And so we share with them, yes, we'll give you a walking stick. Yes, we'll give you a little hockey stick. But let me share with you the good news of the gospel to the presentation of beads. And we share it, and it, it's just so simple, but it's a picture. People understand pictures. They understand it, and so we go through it, and many are going to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. Scores are going to find Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And the marvelous thing about this is that we do not witness and share alone. We're together. We're a team. And for those that may be here this morning and say, well, I'm a little bit on the fence, not sure if I should be in or out, get in there because you're never going to be alone. There's at least, what, four there? Probably four there at any one time. You can share together. If you're not quite sure, just stand with someone who is sharing. So I'm just going to stand beside them and listen. Let's step out of our comfort zones. Someone said one time that if we want the stories, you've got to get out of the boat. You want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. And so we've got to get out of our comfort zones and say, this is a... World worthwhile ministry, and if Dave Lowen can't come to the church to get volunteers, where can he go? He's gone to every church in town, I think, and beyond, maybe. All over the place, haven't you? And uh, we don't want, I think I said enough there, okay? Let's get involved. Let's be behind this ministry 100%. Open doors need to be walked through. You don't know how long those doors are going to be open, so as they're open, let's walk through as an army and see what God will do. So pictures, a very, very simple picture, brings great understanding. That's why many receive Jesus Christ. They understand through this picture of the bees. And, but once we begin this journey with the Lord Jesus Christ, we're always going to need pictures. 
Why? Because we always need maturity. And so when we're sharing the good news of the Lord with these beads, we move on to the green one, which stands for growth. We're going to see grass soon springing up through the ground. It's going to be growing. And we say, you've got to grow. You've got to mature. You've got to read your Bible. You've got to go to church. And so we're always going to need pictures of some nature in some form for us to understand more clearly what the Bible is saying to us. So today is number five, the dove as a picture of the precious Holy Spirit. Let's go to Matthew chapter three. Verses 13 to 17. Next Sunday, we have a guest speaker. The Sunday after that, we have a Easter Sunday presentation. But the Sunday after that, Lord willing, I want to continue on talking about the dove. This is kind of the intro. Matthew chapter three, the baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? He felt so insecure to be doing this. Jesus replied, let it be so. Now, it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Matthew chapter 28, the very end of that chapter, before Jesus goes back to be with the Father, he he says to his disciples, I've got some words to say to you. In fact, those words were parting words, his final words. And and I remember the final words of my father. My father passed away 10 years ago. And uh, before he passed away, leading up to the moment, I, I sat beside him on the couch as he laid there and And every word he said, I held on to. Everything he said, my ears were open. I wanted to hear, Dad, what's vital? What's important to you? And what he said, his parting words, after he passed away, we fulfilled our family. So this is what Dad wanted. This is what Dad said. This is what we'll do. And we did it. I'm glad we did it. Parting words. These were Jesus' parting words. Parting words have a way of becoming etched in our memory. Parting words have a way of giving you a mission to accomplish. You, For the sake of them, they're not here any longer, but for the sake of them, we're going to do what they told us to do. Do our best of our ability. They're etched in our minds. They, they give us a mission. They, they let you know what the departing person valued most. Parting words never leave you. Parting words get you moving so that you accomplish the final instructions. And so Jesus says, I've got some final words that I want to say to you out of all the things that Jesus could have said. The Bible tells us that he said this, make disciples. He said, man, I want you to go and I want you to tell others the good news. I want you to make disciples. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is why Calvary Temple encourages evangelism. That's why this church always looks for open doors. That's why our church is always encouraging you to be a witness wherever you are, to look for opportunities to share Jesus Christ. There are many ways you can witness. This is one way with next week taking place at the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair. This is one way, but we're always encouraging evangelism because it was Jesus' parting words. I want you to share. I want you to preach. I want you to declare. I want you to go. This is also why Calvary Temple baptizes people in water, because Jesus said to do so. 
baptism shows a wonderful uh, transformation of someone's life. Again, it's another picture. Jesus Christ has come in. And we show in a public way when we put them under the water that they've died to sins, died to their past. And they want to live to the newness of life. And so they come up out of the water signifying resurrection. Never again are we going to be the same. There's no turning back. There's only going ahead. So Jesus said, my final words to you are go make disciples and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Make disciples. This is another reason why Calvary Temple encourages opportunities to bless. There's always something in our newsletter. That's why we grabbed a hold of random, at random acts of kindness week. Because we as a church need to go out and share and tell others and show others how much we love Jesus Christ by being generous. Because by being generous and looking for those opportunities, doors swing wide open. And then we share the good news of Jesus. Too many people have heard words but never seen how Christians are supposed to live. But as we bless others, God opens up doors. So Jesus said, these are my parting words. I want you to go make disciples and baptize them. Matthew chapter 3, we read that Jesus himself was baptized in water by the Apostle John. It was a pivotal point in his life. It marked the beginning of his public ministry. From that point on, he would preach. From there, he'd preach, he would teach, he would cast out demons Jesus would perform eye-opening miracles. He would heal the sick. He would raise the dead. He'd care for the hurting. He'd give eternal life. Shock and awe would be felt wherever he went. Everything got stirred up. Wherever Jesus went, something was happening. They were either with a riot or people receiving Jesus, trying to kill him or turning to him. But he's always stirring things up. Pivotal point in his ministry. Let's take another look at what happened at the baptism of Jesus at the exact moment that he was raised up from the water, God brushed the clouds aside and God slid open the high windows of heaven and descending through that window was the Holy Spirit. And the picture that God chose to use in this case was a white dove and he began to his descending flight. And I can picture Jesus looking up and wondering, where is this dove going to settle? But this dove comes down and lands upon his shoulders, this white Dove, it lighted on him in the brightest whiteness of purity that the eye could perceive. Luke chapter 3 and verse 22 says, The Holy Spirit came to rest on, on him in bodily form as a dove. Mark chapter 1 and verse 10, we read that Jesus saw the dove. John chapter 1 and verse 32, we read that John saw the dove come down and remain on Jesus. There was no doubt. This was the Holy Spirit come down. What a... Marvelous time it must have been to be there. The Holy Spirit came down to equip Jesus for his ministry and his mission. The Bible also says there was others that are being baptized there. All that were around there, they saw the dove come down. You can be sure they saw the dove. And they knew it was the Holy Spirit coming, witnessing this baptism. God is trying to help us understand the third person of the Trinity. There's much in the Bible that we don't understand, but there's much in the Bible that we do understand. And God's given us many pictures. If we'll just catch the pictures, the Holy Spirit will no longer be the most misunderstood person of the Trinity. I really believe that. God wants us to understand the Holy Spirit's role in our individual lives through the week. And God wants us to understand the Holy Spirit's role in the life of the church body, the fellowship the gathering together, his function, 
how he operates, what he wants to do. He's not the silent, non-active member of the Trinity. He's not supposed to be silent in Christianity teaching and Christianity preaching. There are at least six, and maybe more, but there are at least six descriptive snapshot pictures that God gives us so we may capture in our own human way who the Holy Spirit is. Water, a seal, fire, oil, dove, and wind. Once I'm done with the dove, we're going to go for wind as the symbol down the road. Working of the Holy Spirit has always been one of our Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada distinctives that I have treasured ever since a child, treasuring the working of the Holy Spirit in the Pentecostal church. And I love where these messages and where this journey is taking us as a fellowship, as a church, as a body. I love what the potential is for us. It's a journey worth traveling. Discovery awaits us. Experience awaits us. To the degree that we've never, ever perceived or witnessed before. I really believe that. What will our future look like? Have you ever sat back? Oftentimes I do that as a, as a pastor of a church. What will we look like in 10 years? Where will we be? I can tell you one thing. If we're hungry and if we're thirsty for the moving of God's Holy Spirit, marvelous and wonderful things are about to happen. If there's a hunger, if there's a thirst, if you'll hold up your glass every day and say, it's empty, it's empty, Lord, fill it up to overflowing. If we're hungry and thirsty, I believe many will be swept into the kingdom and our church will experience growth like we've never seen before. Let's just do it like Acts chapter 2 did it. Let's not do it man's way and say, well, we got that. I'm all for things and methods and but... Let's not forget Acts chapter 2. They just called upon the Holy Spirit. They were open and they were desirous. The Holy Spirit came down. He equipped them, fired them up, and they went and shared the faith. That's how the church grew. They were empowered. I really believe there's a hunger and thirst in our lives. Greater signs and wonders will be witnessed. We all want signs and wonders. We all want to see the gospel manifested in ways that would, would uh, I guess, bring others into the kingdom. Be hungry for it. Greater miracles of healings, I believe, will be the order of the day. If there's a hunger for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our gatherings. I believe also the presence of the Holy Spirit in our services will increase. We come to church every Sunday saying, Lord, my glass is empty this morning. I've come. I want to worship you. I want to call upon your name. I want to glorify. I'm going to forget about the hockey score last night. I'm going to forget about what we took place last night. I'm going to forget about my agenda next week. Who cares about the agenda next week? The hour, present hour is the most important space of time right now. And I'm going to worship. I'm going to cry out to God. I'm going to call upon his name. I'm going to expect. I'm going to be thirsty. I'm going to be hungry. Guess what? The Holy Spirit will come. He will. What our future will look like. I looked, thought back of our church the last couple of years, particularly that last five. As a man, our church has really changed for the good. Never been so much food in the foyer. Nice coffee, which I had between services, which is too much probably. But you know something? Even the past two years, things have changed. I like change. But I don't think we've seen anything yet. We haven't seen nothing yet. 
what God will do. I don't think there's even a church that has ever reached its full potential yet. Wouldn't you like to be that church? I'd love to be the church. I don't think I've reached my full potential yet. But I'd like to try. And what if we could say, well, there hasn't been a church anywhere yet that's reached its full potential. But when I come to church, if I come prayed up and hungry and thirsty, guess what? There could be a potential reached. We run from glory to glory. So we see the dove as a picture of the Holy Spirit. Then in Matthew chapter 3, we hear a voice from heaven. And the voice from heaven says, This is my Son in whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. God's voice giving affirmation. The picture is seen and the voice is heard. Now, for us to glean a greater understanding of this dove as a picture of the Holy Spirit, we've got to go way back to the book of Genesis in the Old Testament. Testament, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, we read these words. Now the earth was formless. Get the picture in your mind. The, the earth was formless. The earth was empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. That was the picture. That's what it was like. And the Spirit of God was hovering. Over the waters. Or moving over the waters. And so I spent some time studying that passage last week. And I discovered that this all this moving, moving over the waters. And this hovering over the waters also means brooded. Brooded over the waters. And the picture given here is a picture of a bird sitting on a nest of eggs. And the eggs or the earth are without form. Just a mass of existence. Just a accumulation of matter. But see, the miracle happens when the bird places itself upon the eggs. The heat transfers to the eggs and the mystery of life begins as the eggs hatch. And suddenly, uh, first there's nothing, there's just the eggs there, but then the eggs crack open. Suddenly there's chirping. Chirp, 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 chirp. Poor, poor. Suddenly there's beauty created out of nothing. Suddenly there's activity and suddenly there's amazement. There's life. The nest begins to come alive. And so when the earth was without form and void as a dove, the Holy Spirit was involved in creation. He brooded, so to speak, upon this nest of eggs. And soon after, the words were spoken by God and Form and life came forth as God by his spirit birthed what we now see into existence. The creation of this beautiful, beautiful world. It was chaotic. It was just a mass. It was dark. But Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, began to create. And now we see a magnificent, beautiful world. Not only that, but we see magnificent and beautiful people that were created by and through God by His Holy Spirit. You were created. Recently I went on the internet and I different things pop up. One of them said male celebrities who had failed plastic surgery. So I thought, well, I want to have a look. These are people that they're getting older. And they're trying, in desperate attempts, to try and stay young. 
They'll do anything they can. And they're running to doctors and surgeries and they're hooked on it over and over and over. They're never satisfied. Try, trying to stop the aging process. Don't like what they see. Tell you one thing, if you don't like who you are before plastic surgery, you'll never like who you are after plastic surgery. Just a fact. And ask some of these. They're never satisfied. Okay, so I looked at the list of a whole bunch of them, but the, the, so they just said too many surgeries. Burt Reynolds, he now looks like he's in a constant wind tunnel. Kenny Rogers, he now has that constant surprise look. Wayne Newton, he now looks like a plastic man. I always thought that. Actor Rupert Everett, whoever that is, has taken on the startled look. Actor Steve Guttenberg, his eyebrows have flown away. I never heard of Carrot Top, but I thought maybe it's something from the younger generations. I'll throw it in here. Carrot Top, he's a comedian, I guess. Oh, I should laugh, I guess. Now, it's, now it's, he's more famous for his creepy look than his work. And let's not say anything about Michael Jackson. Leave him alone. Never satisfied. Well, we've got to come to terms with this, that the song many, many years ago, a little song said, don't worry, be happy. Why can't we just, don't worry, be happy? Why can't we just understand the Holy Spirit created us the way we are? And we want to love ourselves. The Holy Spirit was involved in the creation of you. Job 33 verse 4 says, the Spirit of God has made me. And so I ask you, do you love yourself? You have a right to love yourself. People are so down on themselves and so negative on themselves, beat themselves up. Why not try looking in the mirror and say, hey, Holy Spirit, you made me. I look sensational today, just the way I am. I don't need nothing to be done. I don't need 15 surgeries. I just like me. I like me. Do you like you? I like the height I am. I tried being taller. I was scared of high heights. I didn't like that. I like the height God made me. I use it to my advantage. I can tell short jokes. If I was a little shorter, I probably could do more short jokes. I like me. You should like you. The Holy Spirit was involved in creating you. He made something beautiful. When he added his creative hands to your unformed body, and it was knit together in your mother's womb. Oh, you came out. You came out, full, came out full of life and vitality. You came out filled with promise and potential. You came out filled with possibilities that were endless, mountains that could be conquered, achievements to reach, goals to experience, and to live life abundantly. You came out with all that potential. Sometimes listen to the wrong voice. It says, you're nobody, you're nothing, can't do anything. Put those things aside. That's not what God says about you. That's not what the Holy Spirit made when he created you. Don't ever think of yourself as a, just a mass of existence. The Holy Spirit brooded over you. And he hatched a wonderful, wonderful person. You ought to stand up and cheer for yourself once in a while. Look in the mirror and say, thank you, Holy Spirit. You made someone wonderful. How many feel better right about now? You should. You should. I did my best. You know what really excites me, though? Not just that he brooded over you, made something beautiful, but when I get the picture 
of the Holy Spirit brewing over the church. That really begins to fire me up and encourage me and build me up. The Holy Spirit brewed over the church. I'll tell you what he does. He heats it up for something great. Something great. The church is his nest. Oh, the church is his baby. The church is his special project. The church is what he takes a keen interest in. The church is what he knows Jesus gave his life for. The church, he knows it's God's living mechanism set up and designed to transform lives and give hope to the world. The church is his nest. And the Holy Spirit loves to sit upon the church and brood over the church because he wants that church to rise up. And all that people have to do is to cry out and to be hungry and to be thirsty. And he sits on the church and he says, I want to explode you. That you'll do remarkable things for the kingdom. Oh, when he hatches this church, our potential will become reality. Our potential. Why do we Pentecostals cry, come Holy Spirit? Why do we raise our hands in the air? Why do we call, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, I need you. Why did we sing last Sunday morning? Send the fire, God. Send the fire. Send the fire. We'll take rain. We'll take fire. We'll take anything from heaven. Let it come from the heavens because when it comes from the heavens, it's all good. God says if a perfect great gift comes from the Father, it's coming down upon the church. He wants to brood over us because he wants the church to rise up to change their city. That's not something new. Jesus' parting words in Acts, go. I'll give you the, equip you. I'll give you all you need. Don't you just want to be that church? See, without the Holy Spirit brooding over us, we're nothing but a mass of religious existence. Without the Holy Spirit brooding over us, we're nothing but a mass of rules and regulations. We're nothing but a mass of empty organization. Without the Holy Spirit brooding over us and hatching us, all we do is take up space on some property and some real estate. And that doesn't get anything done. I just don't want to occupy space on 34th Street. I'd like it to be miracle on 34th Street. How many would like that? We want miracle on 34th Street. And it'll happen as we allow and as we invite and as we call upon the Holy Spirit to brood over us. Marvelous. I'm reminded of Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit came down and, and applied the heat. He hatched the church. The church would never again be the same. Never again be the same. He also brooded over Jesus. When he came down, lighted upon him. Jesus went forward in ministry. And so I conclude by asking you as a church to pray. Holy Spirit, brood over us. Every time you come to church, when you're getting in your car, when you're driving to church, Holy Spirit, brood over us this morning. And then after you leave the church service, Holy Spirit, 
brood over me this week as I go to work, as I go to share my faith at the fair this week. Holy Spirit, brood over me as I go to speak with one of my friends who's so depressed, so hurting. Holy Spirit, brood over me because I want to reach my full potential in Jesus. Stand, please, with me. In our first service this morning, this word was given, and I want to share with you. Breathe deep. Receive what I have for you. There is no end to my giving. I am your supply. Mercy, forgiveness, joy, and freedom are yours. Breathe deep. Receive what I have for you. Allow me to breathe my life into you and through you. I will cleanse. I'll purify. I created you to be my vessel. I have positioned you at this time in this place to serve me and to do my will. Breathe deep and receive all that I have for you. Then go and fulfill my purpose for your life. God, that's my prayer as well for this wonderful church. Rise up, church. We've been hatched to do a work for you.